I want someone to count how many times I say the words Mila Jovovich is a boss <laughs> because I'm going to be saying that so many times in this podcast. We are doing the original and the best and the first, I think, live action Resident Evil movie 2002 written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And weirdly enough, Next week's episode is also directed by him, but we're not going to tell you what that is until the end of the episode. I am your host with the most. My name is Dean, and I am joined as always by my co-host, Marcelo. And this week, Milojovic is boss. That's two times. That's two times that I've said it. But the if you don't know, the premise of Resident Evil is this. A special military unit fights a powerful, out-of-control supercomputer and hundreds of scientists who have mutated into flesh-eating creatures. I saw this in the movies and I became obsessed <laughs> because I had played the original, Res- I think it was Resident Evil 2 I played on the original PlayStation and even though a lot of the characters um, are not actually from the games, like Alice is not from the games and a lot of the characters aren't from the games, I got a real kick out of this. And this, correct me if I'm wrong, this might have been one of the first, one of the first, not the first, one of the first movies based on a game and they made it so well. I don't know what's happening now. I mean, fast forward 20 years after this movie is made and they just can't do it anymore. They cannot have a game and make a decent movie on it. It was, it was, this was just... I don't know, was it potluck? I, I don't know. Uh, did you see this in the cinema? No, I did not. But I actually watched this movie growing up as a kid. Um, and I have a piece of trivia. I have something to tell you that you probably won't believe. <gasps> I, had the first, I had the first four movies in this trilogy on uh, DVD. <laughs> I have the first three movies on Blu-ray. <laughs> so <thank> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um Beto, but but you know, just a little aside, mm. my grandmother uh when she was still uh alive, she actually loved this trilogy. Wow. Um, and we would uh, no because my 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 grandmother was a was a something of a horror nut. She wasn't as big oh. as you. Yeah. But um she really enjoyed this trilogy a lot. Oh, cool. Very cool. So, the opening scene. And I love how Paul directed this by the way. I mean, as if you listen to our podcast, I've said multiple times, I know when it's great directing and I know when it's shit directing, but anything in between mediocre directing, I never notice. But the way that Paul directs this, I just, I loved his direction. So the opening scene is we're in a a laboratory and there's a man in a hazmat suit and he is fiddling around with two vials. One is green, one is, uh, what is it? Blue. And he puts them in a lockbox. And then as he leaves the room, he throws the blue vial and it breaks and it emits this like gas that starts flowing into the vent. He goes away. He looks like he's running. He closes the door and he he goes away. So you know that something's something's up. And so there's that so then now we get a shot of people they're coming into work, they're office workers. We don't know where we are yet. We we have no clue. And then the kind of biohazard alarm goes off and people are like, whoa, what's what's that? Everything goes into lockdown, everything. And then you get a shot of Dobermans in cages, which obviously comes back later if you know the movie. And they're kind of starting to freak out. They're starting to bark. The doors start sealing themselves um, 
off. People can't get out. The fire alarm goes off and then there's a gas that's released that basically kills everybody. And you're sitting there like, what is going on? And that is the opening scene. That's the opening scene. What did you think? I loved it. I really, really like this opening scene because this opening scene really sets the table for what our principal characters that are going to inhabit this movie are going to go through. But I really like this opening scene because of the people in the office and seeing them go through normal day life and knowing that in just a few minutes they're all going to be dead and um, and they don't know it for some reason that fascinates the shit out of me in movies when 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 a when a unannounced evil is coming and our characters don't know about it and when it hits i just get a kick out of it like i just get a kick out of that type of storytelling device mm. and i thought that it was i, I thought that it was uh, on display in this uh opening uh sequence of this film Yes. So now we go, we cut to Mila Jovovich, who plays Alice, who's a boss. Have I mentioned she's a fucking boss in this movie? And she wakes up in the bathroom. She's lying in the shower. She's got the shower curtain, like, strategically placed. <laughs> and she, you can tell she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And she gets up. She's walking through this, like, mansion. She's looking through the drawers and she's, like, looking around like she doesn't know where the fuck she is. She finds a red dress that's laid out on the bed. She puts it on. She walks outside. There's nobody. It's dark. And she's just like, what the fuck? She walks through the house. There's a guy that busts in that grabs her. And she's like, what? And then these military people start busting in the window. And one of them goes up to her and says, report. She's like, well, report what? And he's like, no, report, report. Another military guy says that the house's defenses have kicked in and she's still suffering with the side effects that are one of the side effects is amnesia. And so they they arrest the cop. Cop, I put that, I do that in like fucking air quotes because spoiler alert, he's not a cop. But I'm just going to call him the cop for the rest of the show um, because I actually don't know what his name is. Do you know what the cop's name is? Uh, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, many names of the characters in this movie, except for a few. Yeah, I mean, Mila Jovovich plays Alice, but she's never actually called that ever in the that's movie. Right. I, that, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I was going to point that out at some point in this episode. Yeah. Mila Jovovich, uh, Mila Jovovich's name in, in Resident Evil is Alice, but like Dean just said, nobody ever calls her by name, not once in this movie. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, um, and then we see uh, one of the military guys is played by Michelle Rodriguez, who gets the best lines in this movie. Yep, <laughs> the best line. I mean, she tells the cop to blow her. <laughs> She's like, "Blow me," yep, and I'm great. like, blow me. "Dude, fuck yeah!" Yeah, the best. Fu- the, her dialogue is just so fucking good. I feel like her character is like me or who I want to be because <laughs> she just take no shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm one of the boys, whatever. So there's that scene. So we still don't know what's going on. And then they, they open a, like a secret door in the mansion and they go down to like a tunnel system that's beneath the house. And there's like a, like train tracks and there's like a little mini train there. And they started up, <clears throat> they started up and they find a man on the train that was locked in a room. And he also has amnesia and nobody knows who it is, <clears throat> but Alice 
Mila Jovovich gets a flashback of marrying him. So she's like, fuck, he must be my husband, but he doesn't remember anything either. Alice is asking, what, like, what is going on? And they tell her she works for something called the Umbrella Corporation. Um, and the house they were in was a security entrance to the hive. And you and the other guy, whatever his name is, were placed there to protect it. And the marriage is a cover. And it's like, oh, okay. So then they explain what the hive is because they're headed towards the hive. The Hive is a top-secret research facility owned and operated by the Umbrella Corporation. It has over 500 employees, and what has happened is a nerve gas was released into the house that causes memory loss. That's why she's got the memory loss. And it's like, oh, okay. So for the second scene in the movie, I feel like it was set up. I feel like, you know, where they're going was set up, what happened was set up, um, who she works for, for, what her job is, is all set up without giving exposition in a way where it's annoying. I feel like it was warranted. You know, like I feel like it worked. No, I mean, I generally, I generally don't like when writers force feed you exposition, but I really felt that Paul needed to do that uh, in in this early scene in the movie because uh, one thing that I thought that he uh, did very well is I love the way that he let the camera tell a story as Alice is walking through this giant mansion. Um, as screenplay writers and as directors, they often tell you your best strength as a storyteller is to show, don't tell. And I really felt that Paul, uh, uh, that Paul, uh, said a lot without w- without actually without, without actually giving us physical dialogue throughout this movie, and one uh, a, a hallmark of that was watching Mila Jovovich go to the mansion and then run into the commandos, having the commandos explain uh, what's going on here and that they're going down to the hive. That's that is the absolute. Prime time that he absolutely needed that he needed exposition, but for the rest of the movie he doesn't really do exposition unless he absolutely has to. Yeah, and I really like that. Yeah, I like it too. And for people that haven't seen this movie, why haven't you seen it? <laughs> what are you What are you doing? What are you doing here? Uh, the hive basically looks like a beehive, so that's kind of what it looks like. And the train goes directly to the hive. The hive has a train station. And it goes there. So they get can into... I, yeah, go. Can I ask you something real quick? Yes. What did you think of... Um, just to backtrack just a little bit. Yeah. What did you think of the opening narration explaining what the Umbrella Corporation is, basically? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was needed because the... I mean, okay. the, the true opening is like this: the narration telling us the Umbrella Corporation what? are basically this like huge company, but they do basically illegal shit uh which is everybody needs to watch resident this resident evil now because i think so weird that movie is like what's happening now it's so bizarre but yeah so that's i think it was just an up like for people that don't play the games i think it's it was needed and i think at the beginning of most games they do that they explain a little bit of the backstory about whatever 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 it is and then you, you go into the movie so I think it was good. Mm-hmm. I did, I thought that you needed it. 
Yeah, um, as as someone who didn't who who's never played the Resident Evil games, I was a I was a Tomb Raider guy. I am a Tomb Raider guy. I felt that um, the opening narration really helped me get my feet into the world that I was about to go into the world that I was about to walk through mm. with these characters. Yeah, I did too. So they get into the hive or they get into the front blast doors and one of the guys, I don't know, again, I don't know what any of these characters are, just military people, I don't know, says the Red Queen knows we're here. And Oh, that's the, um, that's the tech guy. I don't yeah, know what his name we'll is. call him tech, tech, the tech guy. guy. We'll call him tech guy. tech guy. And he says the Red Queen is an AI that controls the hive. Again, leading the world into the AI of today, people need to watch this movie because we see what she can do and has the capability of doing without being actually programmed to do it. So he says, five hours ago, the Red Queen went homicidal and sealed the hive and killed everyone, and we don't know why. So now we know why they're going down to the hive to investigate. We know... And this trails back to the opening scene of everybody dying. And so now the goal of the movie is to try and figure out why the hell did she do this? Why did she kill everybody? Uh, What happened? I mean, obviously, look, spoiler alert, she did it for a good reason. But we don't know that yet. But anyway, that was that scene. What do you think about the explanation of who and what the Red Queen is? Yeah, who and what the Red Queen is really scared the shit out of me because looking at this film and watching this film in today's context, it it really hits close to home because in our society today, we're having an ongoing raging discussion out there in public and on social media. Is allowing AI to get this intelligent a good idea? And I... As someone who relies on technology, I tend to believe that giving AI intelligence is good, but you you have to you have to find some way to control it. So while while I was watching this scene and learning about the AI in this movie, I just got terrified because this AI in this movie is an AI that is unchecked by anyone. Yeah. But like Dean said. What the AI does in this movie, she did it for a damn good reason, but we'll get there. Yep. So now they're trying to go deeper into the hive. They haven't encountered, I don't think they've encountered anyone yet. And they're trying to, over, no, they haven't. And they're trying to override the Red Queen systems or the tech military Can- guys. When, and I remember seeing this in the cinema, <laughs> this scene was like my favorite scene. When a door opens in front of them, and it's like a long hallway, and one of the military guys goes down the hallway. And he he has like uh, uh, a gas. He has like a I don't know what it is, like a cylinder, or something. And Alice asks, "What's in it?" And he says, "It just it will just it destroys the Red Queen." Now, maybe saying that out loud was not the best thing to do because as soon as he said, "Oh, we have something that's going to destroy the Red Queen," oh wait, wait a bit, oh it's a it's a EMP. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so what the Red Queen does is when half the military guys are down the hallway, she locks the two doors, sealing them in. And it's like, oh shit. And I love this. I fucking love this. It's so basic. Best part. But it's Best so part. good. Um, so locks them in. And then a laser, like think of it, think of it like a like like a fucking what James Bond scene. Like a James Bond, like a oh, what are they called? Like a yeah. lightsaber laser, right? Yeah. Comes yeah. at them. And starts slicing them. 
And it's like, yep. whoa, this is so cool. And one of them, one of one, one by one, this laser starts taking them out. And this one military guy that's actually really nice, and I actually felt sorry for him when he died because I'm like, oh, he's nice. He's the one that was giving Alice all the explanations and shit. And there's there's one guy, and the laser's coming towards him, and he's like, all right, and he's going to try and, like, jump it or dodge it. And then the laser turns into, like, a grid. <laughs> and he's just like, shit. <laughs> and it just goes right, it slices him, like, right through him. And I'm like, yeah, I like that. So he's dead. <laughs> and then the door opens. <laughs> and Milojovic and the tech guy uh, and, 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 um, no, they're the only two there because Michelle Rodriguez and the other guy are, are back at the – and JD. I remembered one of them, fucking JD, are back mm-hmm. waiting for them at the entrance. And the door opens and they're all dead and it's just like, oh, fuck. But the military guy says we still have to complete the mission. We still have to know what went wrong and we still have to destroy the Red Queen. So uh, I love that scene because we get right – this is – this decimating of the military guys scene was literally the first 10 minutes of the movie and it was great yeah paul does not waste any time in 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 setting up you know in setting up a situation where half of the mil- half of the military people that he introduced are thrown away to the wolves like ken fodder but like dean just said when half of the military group go down this corridor and we get the laser grid. It's fucking great. I really, uh, my favorite part is when the when the leader guy, the guy that's giving Alice all the answers, hops up and he escapes the first grid. But as Dean just said, when he comes back down and the grid turns into this, and and the laser comes at him and it turns into this grid and it just goes right through him. And I also I also love how they don't scream because they don't have time to scream because they would just sliced in every which which they were just sliced in every which way direction so yeah. it's like it, it would be it would be instantaneous for them so i'm really glad that that um that paul didn't make them scream or whatever because that would have make sense because yeah as soon as the laser goes through them they would be dead true but another reason is because they're trained military operatives they don't scream they don't yeah if you ever scream. if anybody ever sees a movie where a trained military operative starts screaming it's bad writing they they're yeah, trained bullshit. not to scream they they're do trained not, to just they like don't scream like you know take it yeah exactly they're trained to take it so also i'm so, i'm sorry i do want to just yeah. get in this one last thing here yeah. if i could i love mila jovovich's performance as she is begging the tech guy to open the fucking door yeah. and i'm i'm sitting there, i'm sitting, i'm sitting there watching going Guy, your whole team is about to die. Hurry the fuck up! It's so tense, though. The way that Paul shoots it and the editing is so quick. It's so tense. (laughs) And the music. This guy guy is like the worst tech guy I've ever seen. because Because correct me if I'm wrong, everything that this guy tries to do, he's fucking slow. But the thing is, he couldn't get in because the Red Queen wouldn't let him she had she's the one that opened the door she's the one that he didn't do anything she right. had control right. over right. everything right. so that's right. why right that's true maybe maybe i just don't like him as a character though i like him because he's just so innocent <laughs> i like him anyway anyway moving on, okay. moving on so uh they take the equipment to the red queen's hub 
And as they're connecting it, a hologram of the, of a child appears as a representation of the red, red queen. And she's like, no, stop. Like, what are you doing? You can't do this. And they're like, the guy's like, don't listen to her. Like, she's just trying to stop us, but we have to shut her down if we're going to go any further. And if we're going to like avoid the traps that she has. So she's asking them to stop. And then literally it goes silent and she deadpans, looks them in the face. And she's like, you're all going to die down here. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) And then he pushes the button (laughs) and like deactivates the shit out of her. She's just gone. You're like, fuck are they but um i love i love that i love that uh i loved how they represented the red queen as an innocent child when obviously it's not but yeah i just loved it i love that scene eerie yeah yeah no the um the thing that the thing that makes this scene really really as uh, really creepy as fuck is the fact that the representation of the red queen is a child and she's british so and yeah. and the way that she delivers the lines, she delivers the, the actress who they got to play the representation of the Red Queen did such a good job at being as innocent but as menacing as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the moment when she, the moment when Paul focuses on her, the moment when Paul focuses in on her face, and she goes, "You're all you all are going to die down here." I'm like, "Holy fucking shit!" <laughs> <laughs> just that, rolling that now. is ab- that is absolutely terrifying but again the reason why it's so terrifying is because she is a child mm. but she's not a child yes so after they deactivate her all the doors open the lights come on and when you've seen this movie a bunch of times or even if this is the second time you're watching this movie you realize you probably should have listened to her <laughs> You probably should not have gone any further. So, you know, but the thing is, I feel like if the Red Queen had just said, there's a virus, I'm containing it, I think things would have gone extremely differently, but then we wouldn't have had a movie. Agree or disagree? You know, I know. I, I really, I, I agree with you, but but I think I think the point of this movie is to watch our characters go through the adventure and to discover these things for themselves. And mm. you have to remember that the Red Queen, I mean, she's a she's an AI, but I don't think that she has their interests that I don't think that she has their interests at at the top of her to-do list. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think that she's more worried about self-preservation. Yeah. And, and 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 doing what is best for her mm. or it yeah. and the umbrella corporation. I don't yeah. think I really don't think that she gives us I don't re, I I don't think that she gives a rat's ass about the people that are trying to to that that are trying to get out of where uh out of where they are yeah. at, uh, at the moment. Yeah. No, um I agree. You know and you know, and that's clear by her actions when she massacred half the team in the yeah. in the in the corridor back that's there. That's true. That's true. So the other military guys, which is JD Michelle Rodriguez, I can't. I'm not saying her name again. Her name is Rain. So I'm just going to say Rain. JD Michelle. Oh, I just fucking went to say it again. Fuck me, Rain. And and uh, Mila Jovovich's fake husband, who still has amnesia. Uh, they're waiting for the others to get back. And this is the first time that we see a zombie and we hear this person and rain goes to see 
like, what's that noise? And so she tries to help. She's like, oh, my God, there's a person here. And then she bites her. And we all know what happens when zombies bite people. They don't, but we do. We're like, oh, she's fucking dead. She's fucking gone. And so she, JD comes and they they shoot her. And, they well, he shoots her in the legs and it doesn't stop her. And they're like, what the fuck? Shoots her in the other leg, just doesn't stop her. And it's like, oh, God. So they all, both of them, Rain and JD shoot her and she goes flying. Uh, but she's not dead because, as we know, but they don't know, headshot, we need a headshot. Alice and the others, uh, they regroup. And then they and I loved I love this I loved this scene in the cinema and I still love it. They hear this scraping sound. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And then it's this, it's a guy, and the shot that Paul uses is directly from the game. And I remember playing the game playing the game and seeing this. And it's a it's a zombie that's walking, it's just off the the, you know, from the knees down, and his his foot is broken, so he's dragging his foot and he's dragging an axe, and the axe is what's axe, causing this man. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. He's taken that from the game. And they're like, what is that sound? And then suddenly they're like surrounded by so many fucking zombies, like like 50. And they're sh- trying to shoot their way out. And Alice bumps her head and she gets a flashback. And her flashback is she's talking to someone and she says, I can help you get the virus. And it's like, ooh, what's happening there? There's some backstory that's starting to come out. And then one of the military guys gets taken by the zombies, which is uh, JD, I think. And actually it's quite funny because they're trying to – this tech, your favorite guy, the tech guy, he's trying to figure out – he's trying to remember the code to open the door so they can get out. And he can't can't fucking – he can't because he's so so frazzled and he's so stressed. I don't don't care. The code is like 10 numbers, right? And he's like, fuck. And so JD gets – pushes him out of the way. He's like, what's the fucking code? Calm down. Tell me what the code is. And he's like, um, and he's trying to shoot the zombies. The zombies are fucking trying to get him. And he's like, um, and he says the code and he puts it in. And I love this scene. And it opens the door. He goes, see how hard was that? And then he turns around, the door opens, and there's like hundreds more coming at them. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> oh fuck. And they grab JD and he's like, fuck. And they're like biting him. And oh my God, it's just, it's, it's unexpected because you think that's safety, yeah. but it's not. And then we see a shot of a mutated zombie that's directly from the games, and that excited me too, uh, escape from its cage that it was kept in, and we don't know where it is. We don't know where it's going. So, uh, But it comes back, but, um, yeah, I love that scene. Full of action, full of the zombies, full of everything. Yeah, no. Um, when, I was, when, when I was watching this movie back in the day and today, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, other than the laser corridor that we already talked about, is when the zombie with the broken leg comes into frame, dragging the axe behind him. I obviously didn't know that that was a shot from the original game, but since then, I've seen gameplay of the original game and Resident Evil 2. I really, really enjoy how uh, Paul really took his time i really enjoy how he hid all the crazy shit that was going to happen to these people and i really loved how he built up anticipation and he used uh photography and he used dark corners and he used creepy music or techno music to convey a feeling because i don't think a lot of people who direct 
comic book movie. I mean, I don't think a lot of people who direct video game movies today take time to do that. And I really appreciate Paul for wanting to give the audience a feeling before scaring the shit out of them with all types of zombies and yeah. and 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 really freaky situations. I just feel like he really respected the source material. You can tell when directors and writers respect the material and you can you can tell when they don't give a fuck, when it's just a paycheck. You can 100% tell. Right. And you can tell also, he respected also, the material. Right. Also, it's worth noting that Paul actually wrote and directed all five of these movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Himself. Yeah. So that's so 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 that's just another quiver in his quiver thing mm. that he really, really cares about this franchise and he really cared about these movies. I mean yes. look, you you can think whatever you want about them. You can think that they're awful, they're just cheesy B crap, but he obviously really cared about this franchise. If he didn't, he wouldn't have come back five times. No, but how many other people have tried to make Resident Evil movies and TV shows and they suck balls? Yeah, they had no well, comparison. Well, well, yeah, well, not to get not to get too off base here, but the TV series was ridiculous. And the movie, um, the movies are ridiculous. They cannot do it. They can't yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, but also, but also, yes, but also, I just want to address what she just said there. The movies are ridiculous, but guess what? They, they, they read the the reason why I like the Resident Evil movies so much is because to me they are ridiculous B zombie fair movies. And I like shit like that. And I don't care mm. if you think that I am that, that 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 I don't know what cinema is, but I like stuff like that. Sometimes it's good just to just to shut your brain off and watch some fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Uh speaking of how good this movie is, there are a few things that uh when I was watching it did irk me that I'd never noticed before because we're doing like a deep dive into it. And this is one of the scenes. So after that, Alice, for whatever whatever reason, decides to peel off from the group. I don't know why she would do that with no weaponry and there's no reason why. She's walking through like where um, all the empty cages were, where the dogs where the Dobermans used to be, <laughs> but now they're not. <laughs> but she doesn't know she doesn't know that. But I don't know why she would uh, necessarily peel off from the, I don't know where everybody else is. I, I don't, so I thought that that was a bit strange. Uh, but now we it get, felt a, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. It felt a little bit disjointed. Yeah. There are a few scenes that I want to bring up that felt like there should, it felt like there was a scene in between that and this, that was cut. It, it did feel disjointed. Like, Oh, how did we get from there to like, Oh, everything's okay. Now there was no, um, in between. So this is another one of my favorite scenes, the zombie Doberman. I don't think I'd ever seen that in a movie before. And when it, when he came out all boss looking, I was like, <laughs> and you're just like, not expecting it. You're like, what zombie dogs? What the fuck? <laughs> and so you're like, Oh, this is not, this is bad. This is very, very bad. So she runs, Alice runs, and then she bumps into a human zombie and she just beats the shit out of him. And she looks at her hands like, how the fuck did I do that? And then she remembers the military guy saying, you like, uh, you were the security, basically, the security guard of, of the mansion. And she was, oh, okay. So that explains how she can fight because she's a security guard and that was her job. So I understood how she could beat the shit 
out of the, the, the zombie. And so she grabs his gun and then turns to see like 10 more zombie dogs and you're like, oh, shit. And she just decimates them. She just shoots them all. <laughs> Poor talkies. She shoots them all except one, except one that comes up behind her and then she does oh, – Mila Jovovich is such a boss. <laughs> she does this kick where she runs up a wall and then does this flying like street fighter kick to the dog and breaks his neck. And can I say, this is not in my trivia, but it should have been. That that kick that she did, okay, she did that and it took her three months training just to do that kick, three months just to do that. Mila Jovovich Whoa. is a fucking boss. <laughs> Whoa. That, folks, is dedication to do to take three months to do one goddamn moment in the movie. Oh, yeah. That's dedication. I, like Dean, felt that it was disjointed that Mila Jovovich's character, Alice, would peel off from the group and deal with the Dobermans. The one thing that I don't like about this movie, and it's a problem that I, it's the one problem that I have with uh, Paul's directing of the Resident Evil franchises, I think that he uses slow-mo in the wrong places. Mm. And I don't like when he does it that often. Mm. Like, like for example, when Mila Jovovich shoots the, the zombie dogs, Paul goes in real tight, and you only see the gun, and you see the, 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 the slide of the gun going back, and I'm like, Paul, go wide, go wide. And I'm like, why are, why are you showing... The shot of a, of a of a casing of a bullet hitting the ground. Go wide. Ugh, no, I so liked annoyed. it. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also, also, listen. I know you loved the kick for Mila Jovovich running up the wall and, and smacking the dog and you know breaking his neck. That was cool. Huh. But again, I really wished he would have gone. I I didn't like the way he shot it. I was like, just could just do that. But sp- uh, I loved it. Oh. I loved it. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, fine. Uh, all right, off you go. Anything, anything, you want to let anything else, else out about that scene? You want to let it out? No, 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 no. I, no, I, I, I mean, look, I like the scene, but I just don't like the way he, was shot. he shot it. Yeah. I, I really, really wish that he would have gone wider with it, and I really wish that he wouldn't have done the slow-mo in specific places. Mm. But you know, but but that but that's but listen, that is like my only complaint about Wes Anderson in this movie. Right, right. I mean, sorry, Paul Thomas. Uh, Paul, oh, shit, Paul. That is my only complaint about Paul in this movie, right. as far as his directing style is concerned. Oh Lord. So now we're with the cop, and he has also peeled off from the group. All these people are peeling off by what themselves. Is with these people. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. When he bumps into a girl and he knows her, he's like, oh, hi, who is now clearly a zombie. And he tries to, she tries to fucking bite him. Alice comes along and just fucking hits her over the head with a paperweight and kills her. And then we have another flashback. And this is the girl who she was meeting about giving the virus to. And so now we're like, ooh, what's going on here? So we find out that the girl is actually the cop's sister. He's not a cop, but just for – I don't know what his name is. I'm just going to keep calling him the cop. And Schweitzer? I, I have no. no I don't Schweitzer's, know. Schweitzer's the other guy. He was not named, I don't think. So basically the story is he sent her in undercover to get evidence of the illegal shit 
that Umbrella was doing because he wants to show people that this company is not as great as everybody thinks it is. And they're doing, she was like, what do you, what do you mean? Because Alice still has like amnesia. She doesn't know. So he's like genetic testing and like creating viruses. (laughs) And I was like, this should be shown in Times Square. Anyway, so uh, that was that scene. I liked it because it gave more credence to his character and it gave more credence to like Alice's uh, backstory, even though it was short. I still don't know why they keep peeling off from the group, but it is what it is. What do you think? No, I mean, look, um, I really, really like uh, Paul's choice to include flashbacks to to tell the audience how Alice is remembering um, uh, uh, um, uh, what she was really doing working for the Umbrella Corporation. There, there are so many ways that he could have done this, mm-hmm. but the way that he chose to do it by giving us flashbacks and letting the flashbacks explain things about Alice's story and about what she was really doing there was a was, um, really inspired choice mm-hmm. by Paul. I like that quite a bit. Also, um, seeing her whack this this poor woman over the head with a with a with a paperweight was really really cool. Yeah. I I love when when directors and writers present people that look non threatening mm. but really are. Yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I just can't believe that from a female perspective that she did that whole movie not in a bra. <laughs> <laughs> of time i was yeah, like yeah, you don't yeah, have a bra yeah, what do you mean like one. how like that's not comfortable it's but no, but she like especially the running one. and the jumping and the kicks and stuff that's not comfortable yeah, that i'm telling not you not comfortable yeah from yeah, us i don't know any but females, I, imagine, I imagine yeah any females look at it this will go no no it's like going for like a run or something and not not wearing it. like you know it's uncomfortable so like good on her for like fucking yeah. going yeah i don't need a bra i could do it because Mila Jovovich yeah, is boss. <laughs> She's boss. Yeah, that's a, that's a trooper. That's a trooper. So, okay, this is another scene I have a, an issue with because we're having this talk between the cop and, and Alice about, you know, this was my sister and every, there's no zombies. Everything's kind of calm. And then the next scene is Alice and the cop regroup with the others, but they're running away like from zombies and it's like quick let us in they're knocking on the door and they let they let us in and and they let them in and they close the door there wait was there was a scene cut in between them. wait a minute yeah I, yeah i was supposed to say something's missing here right because everything was calm there was no zombies and now suddenly they're running away something was cut and yeah, i don't like yeah. it <laughs> because it that's makes odd. no sense and i was that's like that's odd that's like that's like yeah. that's like the sec that's the second or third time that Pause made that choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know why. I mean, look, it's not that it doesn't work because I've seen this movie so many times and I've never noticed no, it that. Works. And I was like, oh, it works. But when you're analyzing it, it doesn't work. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. but wh- what what did you cut? The movie's not that long. You didn't need anyway, I'm going on. But anyway, so- No, but there no, 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 but Dean has a great point because when I watch this movie as a kid, I did not notice half of the shit that I just complained about like, just a couple of seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when when you watch a movie with 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 screenplay writers' glasses on, you notice a lot more stuff that you generally wouldn't when you're watching it for just pure enjoyment. Exactly. So uh, we find out that the blast doors that they came in from 
are sealing off in an hour. And if they don't make it, they're fucking stuck. So Alice decides to turn the Red Queen back on because she's going to know a way because they don't know how to get out. Everywhere they go is fucking zombies. So they turn her on and the Red Queen tells them about the T-virus because they're wondering what the fuck is going on with these people. She says it's something called the T-virus and it reanimates dead tissue. And it's, it, it's funny because she says something that is in, that people believe that is incorrect and I'm just going to lay a fact smack down on you. She says hair and nails continue to grow after death. That is not true. That is a wives' tale. The reason why people think hair and nails grow is because the skin actually shrinks, making it look like the nails are longer and the hair's grown longer. But hair and nails don't continue to grow after you die. I think that that's a myth that people believe and that's not – that's because I'm morbid and I know this shit. <laughs> okay, so there you go. There's a little factoid. But anyway, the T-virus reanimates the body and she explains the virus got loose so she had to shut everything down to contain it. And that is why. And you're like, oh, she actually did a good thing. She should have, she could have told them in the beginning. But anyway, that's that scene. What do you think? Uh, well, first, I would like to thank my co-host team for that lovely public service announcement. Uh, that's okay. That's no problem. Anytime. Yeah. No, but you know, I you know what? I you know, I think it's a I think it's a good scene and I really, really I I did not know that what Mila Jovovich said when she explained what the T virus was. I thought I thought that was very, very interesting. And I also liked uh learning why the Red Queen did what she did and to learn that she did it because she had to, not because she lost her mind and went nuts. Mm. Because when I watched this movie back in the day, and again, I didn't play the game, I thought that this computer just lost her mind and wanted to kill everyone in sight. Mm. But learning that she did it for a specific reason to contain the virus was like, okay, she does care to a point. Mm. So I was happy to know that much. Yeah. And now we get to another scene where there was something cut again, because now we're, we're in the tunnels and we're trying to find a way out. But the scene before was the red queen explaining what the virus is. And now suddenly they're in the tunnels. So it's like, how did they get, why are they, how did they get there? Why are they there? Did the red queen tell them to go there? We don't know. There was either you that. Think- I think that she, scene was cut Wait short. A Wait a minute. I know. I know. I was just about to say that. Do you think that do you think that Paul actually cut out his exits of these scenes? And because he did that, yeah. we ended up in the sewers. Because yeah. guys, when you write when you write scenes, they tell you two things. Okay. First of all, get out early and don't stay too long. And I think that Paul cut out the ends of these scenes. Like like yeah. like the like like the transitions, right? Yeah. Because the whole reason why they turned the Red Queen back on was to find a way out, but she never actually said anything. They were just, now we're in the fucking tunnels. And I'm like, oh. It's odd, isn't it? It was so weird. Because because as a writer, you have to, as a a writer, you have to write scenes that lead into each other. Yeah, I think he did. I just think he cut it. Yeah. And these sequences feel like, Okay, now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we now we go over there. They feel very, very dis. They feel like very, very 
tacked on and they don't yeah and they don't flow very well well i wonder if anybody's got the resident evil original script maybe he did write it and maybe he just cut it for time i don't know maybe he did so anyway the tunnel scene it's a long scene they're making their way through the tunnels there's zombies there's there's action i'm not going to explain it there's nothing really to push the story forward it's just action the only thing that happens is the tech guy they have to leave him behind because they can't get to him uh and that's it that's that's there's there's no information that pushes the story forward it's just action because we're in a resident evil movie not that i didn't like it but there was nothing to it yeah you can just uh you can just crack on there was nothing to that yeah exactly so now they're making their way past the labs when alice starts to remember there's an antidote she's like oh shit and then she starts to remember it's blue Oh, no, sorry, it's green. Blue for the virus, green for the antidote. So she's like, fuck, there's an antidote because Rain has been bit and she's slowly turning into a zombie. <laughs> and we don't want that because we like Rain because she's got boss lines. So the guy that Alice's, like, pretend <laughs> husband. <laughs> so Alice's oh. pretend husband. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's got boss lines. <laughs> oh, my God. She I'm does. sorry. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> But I, but I love the way you said it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> so her pseudo-husband starts to remember, and we find out that he's the one from the beginning who set the virus free. And you're like, oh, you shit. Bastard. You bastard. And he's the one that he actually overheard Alice meeting with the girl saying she would steal the virus and bring the Umbrella Corporation down. So he knew all that. And you're like, you oh no, he's the bad guy. Bastard. Exactly. And so he stole it because he wanted to sell it on the black market. And he tells them, and when they, they find out this, and he tells them the antidote is on the train. And so they're like, oh, great. So we can save rain. There's an antidote. Great. And then a zombie comes up behind him and bites him. And it's like, oh no. But like, oh yes, because we don't fucking like him. He escapes, he locks them in a room. They can't get out. He's headed back to the train when he is just about to like use the antidote when the mutated zombie from before jumps out and kills his ass. And that's that scene. <laughs> that's that scene. Yeah, I I really really appreciate that most of the zombies that attack our military team are zombies are 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 are, are zombie versions of the people that we met at the beginning of the movie. And our people that we met in the elevator scene at the beginning of this movie, I really, really appreciate the 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 zombie that bites the this guy that wanted to sell the virus on the black market is the girl from the lab that that, that gets flooded from yeah. the beginning of the yeah yeah film. it's the same one yeah yeah so they get out of the room they get to the train and they find the antidote and they give the antidote to Rain. And but the mutated zombie catches them, and he scratch the mutated zombie scratches the cop on the arm and tries to kill everyone. Uh, and surprise, surprise, the antidote doesn't fucking work. <laughs> and Rain turns into a zombie and tries to attack them, and they shoot her, and they open to kill this thing. There's like a huge fight scene on the train. The train is going fucking three hundred miles an hour out of the hive. And they open the like the trap door on the train and they kind of kick the thing out and it's dead. And Alice and the cop are the only one who arrive at the station and get out because Milla Jovovich is a boss. 
And that's it. That's that scene. It's just action. Yeah, it's a re- look, look, look. It's a really cool scene. I really loved uh, seeing uh, Michelle Rodriguez turn evil because I was like, this is taking too long. It took her the whole movie to turn. That's the one thing. That's another thing that I would sort of just tweak. I wish that Paul would have made her turn quicker. But the fact yeah. that he waited to the very end, I thought I, I thought it was anticipation and payoff. Mm-hmm. Also, I need to say something. I mean, with me, it's biased because I love Mila Jovovich. But I love her emotions throughout the course of this movie. Yeah, She's so kind mm. and she cares for almost everybody in this movie. Yeah. But she's Except tough. that fucking asshole. Yeah, she's that, got a balance. Yeah, but I, 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 I really, really love some of her emotional beats that she has with uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, she's great. In this film. And it's just so great. She's great. So... Uh, Miller, not Miller, sorry, Alice. Alice and the Miller, cop, they enter Miller. They enter the mansion and the cop falls over kind of grabbing his arm that he was scratched on. You can see he's like, there's like little things coming out of, of the scratches and you're like, oh, that doesn't look good. And so people in hazmat suits, they storm into the mansion, they grab him. Alice is like screaming, saying, let him go, let him go. And then, and I remember watching this in the cinema and when this line was said, which is which was actually said by the actor Jason Isaacs. He's not credited, but Jason Isaacs. If you don't know who he is, he is um, Lucius from Lucius. Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's a friend of Paul W S Anderson. So he said that he would jump in and just do a small cameo. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, and so they grab him, they put him on a, a gurney, and they say he's mutating. I want him in the Nemesis program. And when I heard that in the cinema, I lost my shit because Nemesis, uh, I think, was the villain in Resident Evil 2 and he was so difficult to fight. (laughs) So when they said, I want him in the Nemesis program, I thought, fuck. (laughs) And the way that he did him, the way that he designed him in Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse was so perfect to the game. It was great. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. And they take Alice. for testing you don't see it it's just a voiceover you know we need to take her for testing to see if she's infected and they say they want to reopen the hive to see what happened and this is why we have five resident evil movies because one dickhead says we have to open the hive. you know what if they had just waited till alice woke up to ask her what happened and not she would have told them everything would have told them (laughs) but they couldn't fucking wait so anyway uh that was that what do you think um, I really love how the arrogance of these company men to think, oh, it's a good idea to go back into the hive and figure out what really happened. Mm-hmm. Dean is absolutely right. The reason why there's five Resident Evil movies is because dickheads like this think it's a good idea to go into a place that has a bunch of dead people. Yeah, but they don't know. No. They don't know. So, Ugh. Alice, also. Up. Yeah. Also, also, when you were when you were watching this movie in the theater, mm. uh, were you um, did um, did you know that they were going to do a sequel, or did you no. like have no idea? No clue. Okay, no clue. you had no idea. Okay. No. So Alice wakes up on a in in like a, a medical white room, and she's on a steel table, and she's got like 
it's not even a gown on. It's like a yeah, that's paper, what I'm talking about. Yeah, the paper thing that's just covering yeah. bits loosely. Yeah, and I'm like, Jesus. and she's hooked up to like so many IVs. There's like one in her head. There's one like why two in her head. Yeah, she's got but two in her why? head. <laughs> what is that for? <laughs> it's so bizarre. So uh, she pulls them all out, and she does such a good job of agonizing pain when she's pulling them out. It's like you can feel it. Really? You can literally That's feel great. it coming out. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck, especially the head. God, she's such a good actress. It's so painful. So fucking painful. It's painful to watch, and that's the mark of a good actress. So anyway, she's walking around, and we're in a hospital. There's nobody there, and you're like, what? So she walks outside, and she's in the Raccoon City Hospital, and you're like, okay. And there's there's no one. There's crashed cars. There's trash everywhere. There's there's a newspaper article that say the dead walk, and you're like, oh shit! It's just this like decimated street. There's no other human beings. Alice finds a shotgun because she knows what fucking happened, and there's this beautiful pullback shot, and it's Wonderful. right from a close up of Milojovic's face, and he pulls back, and you can, mm. and he pulls back so far, you can see the whole street that runs for like a mile in front and behind her, that's just, there's nobody. And then it just ends. Yeah. And I thought, beautiful, fantastic shot to end the movie. I was like, okay, in this final sequence, first of all, when, uh, when Alice woke up in the quarantine section of the hospital and she had the paper thing holding her busy, and I'm like, how did your bits not fall out? Cause I'm like, that thing is so thin, but that's besides the point. Um, the fact that she had to pull those things out of her head and like Dean said, the mark of a good actress is that she makes you feel what she's feeling at the moment. And when she pulled those things out, I just felt so bad for her. Mm. But the other thing that I was thinking about was if this place is so secure, how in the fuck was she allowed to walk out of the building? Where is everybody? No, but it's not secure. It's just a hospital. Okay. It's just a hospital. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll. I'll give him that. Mm. But my favorite shot of this entire movie comes at the very end mm. when Paul finally goes wide. Yeah. And I love <laughs> the way he does it. I love the way he does it. Mila goes out. She grabs a shotgun from a cop car, close up her face, close up of her face. And then he just goes backwards. And I'm like, the way that he does it and the way that he gets quicker, the further he gets away from her, He's great. I love mm. the closing shot of this movie, and it made me want to watch two right after. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I need to do it. I need to do it. Me too. So, trivia? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So, the dogs, the Dobermans, uh, they actually kept licking off the zombie makeup, and it was driving them insane. <laughs> they kept eating it. Really? <laughs> Okay. Because it was, you know, it's not toxic or anything. So they kept licking it off and they were just going bananas trying to figure out what, how the fuck are we going to keep this shit on the dogs? They keep licking it off. <laughs> don't, you know what they say? Don't work with dogs and children. And this is why. All <laughs> the minor cuts and bruises on Miller were real. Oh. Because Miller's a fucking boss. <laughs> they were real. Okay. Uh, Miller did all her stunts except. One that her agent wouldn't let her do, but she did all of her other stunts because Miller's a fucking boss. Yeah, okay. Oh, you'll like this one. Uh, mm -hmm. Sarah Michelle Geller was set to star as Alice. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Look, 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 guys, guys. I love my Buffy Summers. 
but I love I love Mila Jovovich too. Mm. So for me, it's a Sophie's choice. Mm. What uh, do you think, Dean? No, I no. Mila's the best. She's because she's a boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's a boss. She's a boss. Okay, so you'll like this. David Boreanaz was set to star as Matt, but couldn't due to the filming of Angel. Okay, I like that. I like that would have worked. I like that. I deal with that. that. Uh, okay, this was interesting to me. George A. Romero was originally set to write and direct, but was what? let go due to creative differences. How different? How different would that movie have been if he did it? No, but what did he want to do with it? Like now, now I'm I don't really, know. I have no clue. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, God rest his soul. We uh, we lost him a little while ago, but. Mm. Um. What? Yeah. That's that's a really interesting question. What would have? What would he have done with it? Yeah, that would be interesting. The last one I have. I think that most people know that. Uh, uh, Marilyn Manson actually composed the score for the movie, which I I already knew, but I don't think people know that. And I love the I love the music in this movie. I love the score. It is every time you hear it, it's like, oh, that's Resident Evil. He's just. You know, look, I'm not a personal fan of his music, but the way that he composes, he's done a few movies and he's really good. He's really good. So that's my final trivia. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Marilyn Manson because of what he did to one of my favorite actresses, but if I put that aside, he is a pretty he's a pretty gifted musician. So it doesn't surprise me that he's done several scores for movies, including this one. Yes, and that's the end of my trivia. And thank you so much for everybody listening to the season premiere, season four premiere of the Mixtape Podcast. Next week, like I said at the beginning, we have another Paul W.S. Anderson movie. We have the one, and in my mind, the only, the original Mortal Kombat. Okay, it's cheesy, it's great, it's bad, it's horrible, it's the best, <laughs> it's everything rolled into one. <laughs> I don't know why they keep trying to remake it. They can't. It's the best because it's so bad. It's one of those movies, it it's so bad, five. it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie fucking rules. Fucking I don't rules. care what you it say. fucking rules. If you want to email us anything, you know, complaints, all that shit that I usually, my whole spiel, you can at the mixtape pod at AOL.com. If you would like to subscribe to us, you can on YouTube. That would really help us out. If you want to like the video, if you like it, you can give us a thumbs up. If you want to comment anything, if you want us to review any movies, you can email us at the email that I just said. And again, thank you so much for sticking with us and being bearing with us with our Resident Evil review of the season four premiere of the Mixtape podcast. And as we always say, if anyone is kind enough, oh, sorry, I do the, I do the podcast, voice, podcast voice. If anyone is kind enough to make you a mixtape, that must mean that they really love you. The Mixtape podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.